0: Welcome back to Retirement Intelligence with Tom Bruckner. Tom and his team at Strategic Asset Conservation will work to help you discover the buying power of your future dollars. Now back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Retirement Intelligence with Tom Bruckner. My name is Michelle Wright. You're listening to 960 The Patriot. Thanks so much for taking some time out of your very busy weekend schedule to join us here. We really appreciate it. Let me go ahead and give you our phone number. It's 480-661-6800. That's 480-661-6800. On the web, we're at gotonight.com. That's G-O, the number two, I G H T. And Tom, it's very interesting because now that we're in the second quarter, a lot of us are looking back on the first quarter and we're thinking, okay, I for one am looking at TV. I'm looking at all the financial channels. And I keep hearing about how great the economy's doing because the markets have regained the losses that we saw in the first quarter. But then I'm kind of looking around and that's not adding up because it doesn't seem like the economy's doing so great when I just go out to my local store or go out to my favorite restaurant.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and, and the, the piece that I shared from Mike Larson uh, in the first segment, you know, investors, individual investors flee, but companies are going on a buyback spree. Uh, there, there are two primary reasons why the market has gone up, even as, uh, you know, Lindsay, Lindsay Piegza here from uh, from Stiefel uh, is saying that, the, you know, the, the economy is slowing. It's grinding down slowly, slowly, slowly. It's becoming stagnant. Right? we're looking at growth rates well below 2%, we may actually, by the end of this year, see a growth rate below 1%. Wow! And even though that's not technically a recession, you know, as defined by two consecutive quarters of negative growth, it just means that the economy is really lackluster and people are having to do, you know, like we just said in the previous segment, work three jobs mm-hmm. in order to make ends meet. Um, you know, and they're counted in the unemployment numbers as, as there are three different people working when it's really always the same person is working. So two things that are making up for it here is that anytime investors uh, can see that there's a, a hesitancy on the part of the Fed to raise rates, mm-hmm. you know, we were supposed to have three, possibly four rate hikes this year. Right. So here we are, right? It's, uh, it's the end of April, and uh, we've still only had the one rate hike in last December. And the markets are looking at that, and they're saying, okay, so the economy, you know, the, market, the, the, the Fed realizes that the economy is slowing down and uh you know that's if if, look if the fed was thrilled with what the economy was doing they'd be raising rates because you know the economy is healthy enough for us to raise rates not so much so the longer the fed hesitates the the more the more um the market likes that because the death knell of of any rally is uh, is rising interest rates when you can make more money in the certainty of interest-bearing instruments like the 10-year treasury for example than you can as a probability by risking it in the market. The reason the market has gone up over the last seven, eight years is because in the, the alternatives to market-based investing are they're paying nothing. Mm-hmm. There's just nothing nothing out there that's right. got any yield. So and so the Fed is one reason. The second reason we're seeing the markets go up, in spite of the fact that, that individual investors have yanked $140 billion from equity, mutual funds, and ETFs in the last 12 months, is because companies are buying 165 billion of their own shares this quarter. Wow. Yeah. That's that's the highest in any quarter ever except for the quarter that coincided with the 2007 stock market peak.
1: And let me go back there cuz you said this quarter, not this year, this quarter. Right. Not in a 12-month period.
0: Exactly. Wow. It, yeah, 165 billion of their own shares. These are the S and P 500 companies. So, you know, you want to know why the S and P is going up is because companies are buying back shares of their own stock. You know, we talked in the first segment about how the boards of directors are uh, are reimbursed usually in the form of stock options. So, mm-hmm. if they can make those those share prices go up, they're going to be able to you know cash in on their on their on their stock options and actually pay themselves for having sat on that board. Cushy little job, right? Mm-hmm. So they're hired on the board of directors for their wisdom, right, for making good sound economic decisions, but one of the things they're not doing is they're not taking the money that they're earning and reinvesting it in infrastructure, capital reserves, job training, you know, creating high-paying jobs, You know, and, and, you know, Trump keeps talking about how we're going to bring all these jobs back. Well, the jobs that are leaving for Mexico are not the high paying jobs, Mm -hmm. you know, the jobs that are leaving for Mexico are the ones that are going to compete with, you know, the servers and the bartenders. And you've got a lot of really intelligent, um, highly educated people, you know, working, you know, at some really high end restaurants, right, you know, here in the Valley, right, you know, like, like Eddie V's or, uh, or Capitol Grill or Mm -hmm. Morton's, Right. Um, you know, you've got the – because that's a, that's a, a, a more um, a hoity-toity clientele goes there, right? Mm-hmm. So they want to have interactive conversations with people who can carry a conversation, people who know wine, who people who know – you know, are well-trained and are articulate. So those people as servers make a lot of money. But the quality of the jobs that we're going to bring back from Mexico, it's going to be assembly jobs. It's mm-hmm. going to be – you know, factory manufacturing. Nothing wrong with that. Right. Those are jobs, those are legitimate jobs. And if you work forty hours there you've got health insurance and, and, and all of that, that's a good thing. Right. But but where are all the high paying jobs? Right? We're exporting our educated um, elites, you know. When when kids come here from other countries to go to school here, you know, we should be we should be buying them a house mm-hmm. after they graduate, not deporting them. Right. Right, because their brains are going to get put to use in their native countries, not mm-hmm. here where we need them. Exactly. So yeah. So yeah, the average Joes and Janes want nothing to do with stocks. They're leaving in buckets, but the corporations can't get enough of their own shares, and and you know that that's a problem. Now, Scott Minard from Guggenheim Partners uh, posted a piece uh, on his macro view um, column. It, says, it was entitled "The Global Liquidity Trap Turns More Treacherous." And he touched on what a lot of people are, are really worried about, which is negative interest rates. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Yeah, oh boy, this is not uh, this is not going to be pretty." He says, as consumers watch prices decline, they defer purchases, right? So he talks about the velocity of money, mm-hmm. and he says, you know, so people are spending less, and because they're spending less, prices are coming down, and as prices come down you know, if you know that, that, that when the thing is finally at its best price on sale, it's going to go down to $300, you don't buy it when it's when it's down to 350 Right. You wait until right. it goes to 300 Exactly. Right? So you defer purchases, that reduces consumption, and it slows growth. He said deflation also lifts real interest rates, which drives currency values higher. And in today's mercantilist beggar-thy-neighbor world of global trade, a strong currency is a headwind to exports. He says the Bank of Japan now buys virtually all of the Japanese government bonds that are issued every year and has resorted to buying exchange traded funds to balance its balance sheet. Hmm. So literally the Bank of Japan is buying the left hand of Japan of the Japanese government is buying from the right hand of the Japanese government. There's no room for any other private investor to come in and buy those bonds. Wow. And the negative interest rates that we're seeing in some countries experiment with like Japan and like certain countries in Europe he said, if the European overnight rate went to minus 1% from its current level of negative 40 basis points, German 10-year bunds would be dragged into negative territory, and we could see U.S. 10-year treasuries yielding 1% or less. Wow. That is, that is scary, bad. Yeah, it is. Yeah. If if that happens, you see entire industries. You know the insurance industry, for example. Um, you know life insurance companies. They just can't deal with 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 negative one percent interest rates. No. You know they've got to they've got to fund their yield producing products with bonds. So this experiment with negative and here's his conclusion: this experiment with negative interest rates on a global scale is unprecedented. I have little confidence this will work. Monetary policy primarily addresses cyclical economic problems, not structural ones. Fiscal and regulatory policies are doing little to support growth and are in most cases restraining it. Combined with negative interest rates, the current policy prescriptions are a perilous mix that is deepening the global liquidity trap. So what he's saying, in essence, is, look, these negative rates... Um, look, if you, ha- let me put it in real simple terms, right? Mm-hmm. If you've, if you've had a CD, you know, you remember, you know, six, seven years ago, you had a CD that was paying 3%. Right. Yep. And you go to your bank today and you say, you know, I want to put my money into something that's going to earn me something. And they say, well, what's the interest rate? Uh, <laughs> uh negative 0.2. What? What does that mean? <laughs> so I'm that paying means I gotta, you. <laughs> I got to pay you 0.2 to hold my money. Yeah. The first reaction that person's going to have to the teller is, you know what? I'm all set. My mattress doesn't charge me anything to right. hold my money. Right. So now what happens is instead of putting that money in the bank, right, where banks have liquidity to lend for an economy that's healthy enough to borrow, they take their money and they go home mm-hmm. and they put it in their mattress. Now we have, as a nation, a liquidity problem. Hmm. Mm. Corporations need liquidity in order to make payroll on accounts receivable. Right. Right. If, if accounts receivable hasn't, if you haven't gotten paid on a big case yet, right, and you got to make payroll this week, where are you going to get the money? Well, that's what your credit line is. Credit is the, is the engine oil of the economy. And if there's no liquidity with which to extend credit, because everybody's got their money at home in the mattress,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right, now we have 2008 all over again. So the very solution on the part of central banks to the liquidity problem is actually a secondary cause to the worsening of the liquidity problem. That's what we end up with.
1: And that's problematic.
0: It's, I think it's (laughs) pouring gasoline on the fire. Right. So I want to end with this because John Hussman is uh, one of my favorite, well, he's my favorite economist, my favorite uh, market forecaster. In a piece uh, that came out on April 11th entitled Rounding the Bubble's Edge, He says this, he says, the S&P 500 remains obscenely overvalued. We estimate that S&P 500 nominal annual total returns will average only zero to 2% on a 10 to 12 year horizon with negative expected returns after inflation. He said, from a cyclical perspective, we continue to expect the S&P 500 to retreat by about 40 to 55% over the completion of the current market cycle an outcome that we would view as run of the mill and that would in no way represent a worst case scenario. That's sobering stuff. Very much so. So we expect the market to go nowhere for more than a decade, but to go nowhere in a distressing way that includes steep interim losses. There's really no different than the expectations I expressed at the 2000 and the 2007 market peaks based on similar valuation arithmetic, right? In my view, the best way for investors to achieve strong returns in the S&P 500 over the coming 10 to 12 years is to wait for the rain and torrential rain at that. In other words, buy at the bottom after the next big sell-off. Mm-hmm. Right. The present situation offers long-term investors very little for the risk that they assume. So, look, you know, we've said for years, I mean, the premise of this program has, has been from the beginning that you do not need to risk your money in order to grow it right and the solutions that we offer our clients uh like guaranteed lifetime income uh guaranteed wealth transfer maximization um you know guarantees against market losses i mean that's that's why we exist that's why we're we're so good at what we do so you know for folks who uh who who want to avoid what's coming um, you know, it, there's no time like the present, you know, uh, John Templeton said that bull markets are born in despair. They mature amid pessimism, uh, and they die in euphoria. We are once again coming up on a new market high and, uh, euphoria is upon us. It's just the, it's the euphoria of corporations, not the euphoria of private investors. Right. And it, it doesn't matter why the market's at an unsustainable level. It only matters that it is.
1: So let me give you the phone number so you can get in touch with Tom and the entire team at Strategic Asset Conservation. That phone number is 480-661-6800. That's 480-661-6800. On the web, we're at gotonight.com. That's G-O, the number two, K-N-I-G-H-T.com. Tom, I know you want to say so long to everybody.
0: Yeah. Um have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you for listening to Retirement Intelligence with Tom Bruckner. For your own personal appointment with Tom and the team at Strategic Asset Conservation, call 480-661-6800. That's 480-661-6800. We'll return next week with more Retirement Intelligence with Tom Bruckner. The information covered today is designed to provide general information on the subjects covered. It is not, however, intended to provide specific legal or tax advice. It can't be used to avoid tax penalties or to promote, market, or recommend any tax plan or arrangement. You're encouraged to consult your tax attorney or advisor. Guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurer. Riders may be available at an additional cost. Product and features may vary from state to state. For full details on how life insurance works, including fees, expenses, and costs, contact, our office at 480-661-6800.